What's up, everybody? Ben Cruz here, the head of content at Vover, and I'm here to tell you about my show over on Vover, One and Done. The concept of One and Done is very simple. One guest, one question, one answer. That's it. We're looking to bring you the best guests and the best questions on every show, which will lead to the best answers. Some of my most recent guests include the creator of HBO's Entourage, Doug Ellen, one of the stars from HBO's Insecure, the always hilarious Yvonne Orji, and the Twitter legend himself, Josiah Johnson, aka King Josiah, and much more. The show leans into our short form format. Most shows are about 15 minutes, so if you don't have a full hour or two but want that quick podcast fix, Check out One and Done with us over at Vover on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I'm solid, man. How are you? Doing good, brother. Doing good, brother. We are doing this on a Friday night, a little bit earlier than usual, man, because you and I both have some early mornings tomorrow. Well, it could be later than usual because normally we record on Thursday night. So no, we're late. We're early. It depends on how you look at it. I'm sorry. I had Spider-Man tickets. And I, I had to go. Yeah. It was, it was a religious holiday in the yes. household. Yes, absolutely. Priorities, my brother. Um, and I, so my night just got a little bit more difficult because uh, we planned on recording at the usual time, just on a Friday night. And I literally just got a call about 10 minutes ago that, um, so I was supposed to go into work tonight at midnight, which actually lines up perfectly. Cause I'll, I'll be done with the show. I can just put on some coffee and then I'll go into work at midnight tonight and just kind of, and have a good night. Shouldn't have to go into work that long. Well, I just got the call that said, Oh no, your report time has been pushed back to three 30 AM. I was what like, you, well, what are you doing at three 30 in the morning? So Elon Musk uh, is apparently an asshole. Cause he wants wow. to shoot. He wants to shoot off. Uh, he wants to shoot off rockets in the middle of the night when they could easily just as easily be shot off you know, earlier in the evening. No, it has to happen. Um, and like, well, now it's happening at 4.30 tomorrow morning. I have to report it an hour early. So it must be nice to be a billionaire and get to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Oh, I, I did it already. Now I have to, now I have to label inappropriate language when we upload the YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's all, it's all good. Yeah. So we're shooting off a little rocket. I think we got some spy satellites or something. They don't really tell us what's in those things, honestly, but I just assume it's either GPS or spy satellites. Either way. Yeah. But, um, but cool, man. So, uh, you know, we watched the show. Um, I, I thought it was a, a decent solid show, probably like a C plus B minus, um, nothing, nothing like too exciting on it. A couple of good matches and a decent angle to close, to close out Me the night. Mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that, uh, and we'll, and we'll talk about this exclusively on the Patreon, but I think the ratings reflected exactly what kind of energy, yeah, what kind of energy uh, the show had going into the episode and then uh, just the kind of energy that it was coming out of the episode. Yeah, I, I agree, man. It's, uh, I don't know, everyone's, they seem, everyone seemed a little bit deflated and that's, um, seemed the audience reacted the same way. It, it, well, you know, we've talked about it before, but it seems like, I don't know what it, it's, it's been really since, you know, after turning point, uh, honestly, since the Russell house episode on Thanksgiving, where it just seems like the, 
the wrestling business as a whole is a bit flat right now. Yeah. I know, I know that the ratings are down across the board, except for, I think raw this week had a pretty good rating. They were up a little bit, but for the if most you, part, if you consider one point, if you consider 1.5 million up from good for raw, yes, they were up. They're, they were up from the previous week, I guess. From so. the previous week, which was the lowest in history. Yeah. Yes, they were up from <laughs> they were up from their from the bottom from the toilet. So yeah. not wrestling. I mean, like I'm not sure if it's I, I can't remember if it's always like this around Christmas time, but it seems like people just aren't aren't interested right now by and large of what's going on anywhere. And I don't know if it's uh, maybe market oversaturation, maybe too much product. I don't know. It seems like across the board we're just not in as good a place as we were uh, late summer. Yeah, man. Well, hopefully, hopefully impact can uh, drum up some excitement. Cause like I said, it wasn't a bad episode. It, it wasn't a great episode. Um, I think that if um, hard to kill were this Saturday, um, it would have been a decent kind of go home into it, but unfortunately they're taking the next two weeks off. So it's like, so that's why everything kind of fell flat. Cause now they're off for two weeks. So if you tell me your TV isn't important enough for me to watch for a couple of weeks, why am I going to watch it? Yeah. So like yeah. so here here's this cliffhanger we'll see you back in uh we'll see you back in three weeks so i don't get it i really don't get it they you know but impact's always done it and i'm just like just because you've always doesn't done it doesn't mean it's actually a good thing to do but it's not like it's not like we have a lot of fans to, i mean like it's not like what it's like we have this long track record of success yeah. you know when it comes to television it's not like we can point to us well this has always worked for us and it, it really has it like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't think this is the move. Yeah. I really don't. It's one of the things that I, I tell people all the time um, when they're stuck in a rut. And I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yep. I like right. that one too. So um, we, we shall see. Um, hopefully there's more energy uh, coming into the show uh, whenever they return back on uh, January 8th. And because Impact is off, we'll go ahead and get into our plug for next week. Because Impact is off for the next two weeks uh next week we have a very special episode why don't you go ahead and tell them about it so i'll tell you this impact's taking time off for the holidays but brace for impact bfi we roll on with the punches man because we're professionals we keep on going and you know what we did mike and i sat and we watched 2006 or 2007 2007. 2007 tna christmas special and you know what it didn't suck nearly as bad as i thought it was going to <laughs> i was i was entertained like hell for yeah. what was it, 90 minutes? Good, a good 90 minutes, yeah. It might be the best podcast we've ever done, quite <laughs> frankly. I, it was I, awesome. I had so much fun watching that show with you and seeing your reaction for the first time because I, I had seen it before. And uh, so it, a lot of it wasn't new to me, but it had been a couple of years since I'd watched it. And uh, seeing your reaction to some of the stuff for the first time and then uh, us getting a chance to kind of, uh, you know, reflect on some history. Also seeing some seeing some kind of uh, stars whenever they were kind of getting their start in pro wrestling, who are actually really big stars today. Uh, guy, guys like, you know, Lance Archer was on that show. You know, of course, uh, Chris Saban, who was uh, who was kind of becoming a star at that point. You had Frankie Kazarian and AJ Styles in the main event. Just a lot of a lot of big, big big, big stars. Uh, and then of course, established superstars that that are still around to this day, guys like uh, Christian cage, who is still a pretty big star in the business today. So, um, you know, it was really cool to, to go back to 2007 and kind of see the roster that uh, TNA had. Spoiler warning, Christian cage comes out of a box and he's instantly over as everyone knows. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a fun show and like, it makes you disappointed because of the roster that TNA had in this era. And <sighs> It's like always, it's the story, you know, it's the booking, 
Like it just on the whole, it didn't make sense. But for one night, it was a whole lot of fun. And the star of the show, the ubiquitous Eric Young. Yes. Yes. One of uh one of the great character actors in the history of pro wrestling. And that Ooh, is that uh, might that might yeah. be a subject of a future article coming out from somebody. He, yeah, stay tuned. But we we did have a we did have a lot of fun with that show. So it's actually going to drop on Patreon. I worked this out with Garrett. It should drop Monday, maybe as late as Tuesday. But I'm thinking it's going to drop for everybody ad free on the Patreon Fight Game Media Network Plus. Go to Patreon.com/slash/FightGameMedia, and you can get that a little bit early. Or, or you, if you want to wait and you want to hear some ads and things like that, uh, it'll be on the podcast app you listen to us on now uh, on Thursday. Your your normal day. Actually, Friday. I'm sorry to drop on Christmas Eve uh, next week. So, uh, should be cool, man. I'm I'm really excited for everybody to listen to that. What I'd like for everybody to do is actually watch along with us because we did a it's a watch along episode. So, you know, start right when we start and just watch the show with us, man, and, and have a good time. We need to do this more frequently, and I think because we have such a loyal Patreon following, we really do. That I think we need to make this uh, definitely more exclusive to our buddies in patreon and maybe do something we reach out a little bit more and do something a little bit with some of our good patreon friends because i think we would all have a great time together watching some wrestling and having fun yeah yeah and i know that i know that uh people have already expressed some interest in doing that with us and kind of you know do a little mystery science theater with uh, mike and jd i think that'd be really cool that's basically what our show is anyway so <laughs> as well might as well embrace it yeah, man. So, hey, let's go ahead and get started uh, with the show. Um, so on BTI, uh, Ace Austin defeated Hernandez. I don't know why they were wrestling, but they wrestled and Ace Austin won, which, uh, you know, as soon as you see that match announcement, you know who the winner of that one's going to be. I got nothing else to say yeah. on the subject. Well, I what I have to say is uh, we watched Hernandez just this past uh, week whenever we watched we uh, 2007 TNA Christmas special, and he looked awesome in yes. 2007. So. Well, we all looked a little better in 2007. Um, <laughs> and that the truth? Like, no, it was uh, dude. LAX is one of the, I, you know, I'll say it. They're one of the great tag teams of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a big, yeah. that's a big pool in my mind. Best of all time. But in yeah. that era, in that era, there aren't a whole lot better tag teams than what TNA has going on. Like, dude, we had LAX and the motor city. What was that match? It was, it was TN. It was uh, the motor city machine guns. And who was the other side of that team? Man, you already forgot what the match was. Man, so I got. Was, do you know how much stuff I have? Do you know how much wrestling I watch in a so, week? Uh, man, so it was uh, it was LAX and Scott Steiner and Booker T. I remember Scott Steiner, Booker T, yeah. and LAX, but I couldn't remember who teamed with the Guns. Yeah, well, and then it was uh, the Rock and Rave Infection, and it That's wasn't right. it wasn't the Guns because the Guns were later in the episode against oh. the Dudleys with Jay Lethal. Oh, you're right. I fucked this yeah. up completely. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a rock and uh, rest in peace, Jimmy Rave, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Rave and uh, Lance Hoyt, a.k.a. Lance Archer. And then uh, crap. Now I'm forgetting who their tag team was. Just listen to the show. You'll, you'll hear you. all about it. Yeah. <laughs> listen you. to the show. You'll hear all about it. <laughs> it was a lethal lockdown match with Christmas lights. It was awesome. Yeah. It was like one of the coolest visual matches Ever. you'd see. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Super so cool. cool. So uh, the the show opens. We have an opening video recapped uh, the ongoing hard to kill main event where Moose will defend the Impact World Title against W. Morrissey and Matt Cardona. First match is uh, Josh Alexander defeating Rohit Raju, and I thought this match was pretty freaking good. Yeah. Um, I think these two guys were great together. They're obviously part of that AAW crew out of Chicago, your neck of the woods there, yes, uh, with um, Raju also known as uh, Hakeem Zane. So the finish comes when Alexander went for the C four, but was too hurt to get Raju 
you up. So instead took out Raju's knee, powered up for the C4, uh, the C4 spike, which is what the Tiger driver, right? Uh, and got the win. Really good opener. Um, and I, so the comment here on this recap is that way more back and forth than I expected. I too started to like wonder why is, you know, Raju getting so much offense, but then I remembered and thankfully, the announcers reminded me that Josh was actually selling the attack from Bronson Reed the, a couple of weeks prior. So, or I'm sorry, Jonah from a couple of weeks prior. So that actually ended up making sense that uh, Raju would get some offense. Match is good. The match was in it. it was best match in the show, in my opinion. Um, I can't help but wonder why we're doing it, though, right? Like, we're still... I've never seen a man care less about getting screwed out of a title than Josh Alexander. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I get it. So they, they did try to set it up because, um, Alexander hit the ring. Um, and uh, that's when he, he beat up, um, Raj Singh and was trying to get Scott Demore to give him a match with Jonah because Jonah had attacked him. So, you know, they're just trying to distract Josh for a little while before he gets another shot at the title. Hmm. Who would benefit from distracting Josh? Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. 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 Um, yeah, so Alexander will face Jonah at Hard to Kill. So Jim Miller interviewed uh, the Good Brothers and Violent by Design about their their alliance. They're very random alliance, by the way. Um, Anderson said that as champions, they could uh, they could use any help they could get. So they took EY's offer to work together. And then him and Gallows said they don't trust Violent by Design, but they're willing to work together. So this is setting up uh, Gallows and Joe Doring as the super monster tag team, the two the two bigs, the two heavies in a tag team. Uh, EY said this was a business alliance and nothing else. So there you go. They said something with the Good Brothers, like the Good Brothers haven't done anything interesting. Ooh, probably since we lost Kenny. It's been yeah, I would say so. So the last I think interesting match they had was against Swan and um Willie Mack. What I think the pay-per-view after Slammiversary. It was like one of those impact June? specials. June July. J- July, maybe August, something like that. Yeah. Summer since the summer. The since good the brothers summer. the good brothers have been in neutral for and they're the tag team champs. They've yeah. been in neutral for quite some time. Yes, they have. Uh, Jim Miller interviewed Chelsea Green about entering the Ultimate X match at Hard to Kill. She said it was historic, and after she won it, she would finally go for the title. She said that Cardona will win the title and that they'll be a power couple. Uh, Moose approached Green and was passive-aggressive and talking smack about Cardona uh, to her, and he threatened that her marriage to Cardona will be short, even for wrestling standards, which I thought was a great line. Great line. Yeah. It's a good line. Yeah, because I... You know, Green and Cardona are getting ready to head to Shawshank. They're getting uh, they're getting married soon. <laughs> it's a good line. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll say it. This is my weekly saying. I'll say it again. These two are far more interesting in GCW with their heels than they are here as baby faces. There's nothing likable about Chelsea Green. They're just, no, they're, no, they're, I agree. Th- I agree yeah. with you. She was the last time she was in this company. Laurel Van Ness was, a, you know, an interesting character in both her incarnations. Right as a heel, the farmer singing Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green, I don't want to say does nothing for me, but like, what is her defining characteristic? Apparently, it's being married to Matt Cardona. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. <laughs> that's that's really it. Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah. And JD, before we get to the next topic, I wanted to tell the listeners, their loyal listening audience, about our Patreon, also oh. known as Fight Game Media Network Plus. You're familiar with this, right? Yes, I work there. Oh, that, that is right. That is right. So uh, we have a lot of cool stuff on the Patreon on our Fight Game Media Network Plus. We have four exclusive and weekly podcasts on Patreon, including 
John LaRocca and Garrett Gonzalez covering 1997 WWF. And coming very soon, they're going to cover 1998 WWF. That is a good time to be listening to listening to the show because 1998 WWF is when the tide changed. It's when the wrestling business fell into the downward spiral that it's in currently. So you definitely <laughs> want to listen to back when WWF was the most interesting product in the world. So and Garrett and John, Garrett and John do such a great job with the show. Like I love listening to uh, historical perspectives and I like the John LaRocca outlook on everything because he has that booker's mind. So you might have one opinion that you think is cool as a fan. And it's nice to hear someone who thinks about the business a little bit differently. Yeah, and we also got Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins covering every AEW Dynamite show Wednesday night, a couple hours after Dynamite is over. Funny show. Jeff Hawkins is hilarious. Paul, I like Paul. Uh, he's kind of involved in the straight man on yeah. the show, and it makes the dynamic work really well. And they also do this thing where Paul will say something about one of the ladies on the show, and it makes Jeff completely uncomfortable. And it just, I laugh so hard every time. It's, it's great. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, and then we got our buddy Scott Edwards, who also has been doing a lot of work for Voices of Wrestling and other and other networks. Uh, he's got a his five star Joshi show uh, that he does every week as well, exclusive to the Patreon. Never do I feel like I know less about professional wrestling than when I listen to one of Scott's shows because the man is a Joshi knowledge well, like it never runs dry. Like uh, I I don't watch Joshi, so. I listen to his show and I feel like I'm not even listening to wrestling. If you're into Joshi, this is the show for you. Absolutely. Also, we'll have monthly bonus content from all of our shows from the fee from the free feed. So, you know, we have a we have a long list of shows that are on the free feed for uh, Fight Game Media Network. So the the if you just run a search for Fight Game Media Network, it's actually separate from our feed. So we're on the Brace for Impact feed. Well, Fight Game Media Network has their own feed, and they have a bunch of shows. And every one of those shows, including a, one of our brand new shows uh, called The Boom with uh, James McDaniel and Kevin Ely, they're actually going to be doing monthly bonus shows for all of those as well. So tons of content there. Plus, most importantly, uh, you will get the full version of this show, Brace for Impact, ad-free with tons of extra content with myself and JD each week featuring all the breaking news and headlines, as well as monthly Impact Plus special reviews, subscriber Q&As. Coming soon, we're going to be doing watch-alongs, and this is all for just a flat fee of $5 a month. What a steal. This is what you want. This is what you want. This is what you're listening for. Me and Mike, our words, our thoughts. Our crack, our lame jokes. Yeah. This so is where you want to be. Yeah. So, you know, all the other shows and not, not to brag on ourselves a little bit. All the other shows are giving you one bonus show per month. Well, JD and myself, we give you bonus content each and every week on fight game media network. Plus so head over to patreon.com slash fight game media network and subscribe today. Well, I like the hard sell. That's right. So let's get back to the show. We got uh, Joe Doring and Doc Gallows defeated Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Uh, this match was good. I um, there 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 was a point where Doc Gallows just kind of like flew through the middle rope and landed on his back, and he actually looked like he was really hurt. And then all of a I sudden, thought, <laughs> I thought so too. I thought did yeah. did uh, did the good brother make a make a mistake and hurt himself? But no, he's uh, he's a better worker than I thought. 
Yeah. Um, and then they, they both, uh, Swan and, um, and Mac dove over the top ropes on top of, uh, Doring and, uh, Gallows and then, um, Gallows and Doring got the uh, double choke slam on Willie Mac and picked up the win. And then after the match, Good Brothers and Violet by Design attacked Swan, Mac, Rhino, and Heath. But Eddie Edwards ran, ran down for the save uh, because they had you know a man advantage with Cody Deaner being at ringside as well. And he he took out Anderson Deaner and EY with a kendo stick and a dive. And then the rest took out Doring and Gallows to clear the ring. So uh, people have been asking and wondering what the hell's going on with Eddie Edwards. Well, now he's just getting thrown into this tag team feud just randomly with no tag team partner. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on here, but it looks like we got a 10-man tag coming up. Doesn't Eddie actually have a tag team partner again, or do we not talk about that because it's a digital media thing? Um, yeah, I, I guess we don't talk about it. Well, at least we don't talk about it on uh, Spotify. That's part of our news breakdown on the Patreon. <laughs> so if you want more information on what I'm talking about, wait around or do the stuff we talked about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, VSK and Zicky Dyke talked backstage about calling Myers about last week's loss. Dice said not to call him until they faced decay to get a win. And then uh, at one point, VSK said, Zicky, you can't drink before the matches anymore. And he goes, well, I won't drink anymore or less. And uh, that was kind of a classic joke there by Zicky. So, yep. Yep. Uh, we got a promo from Jonah explaining. Now, this was a great promo. Uh, I absolutely love this promo uh, from Jonah explaining what being the top dog meant. He talked about the time his father was in prison and he compared it to how he attacked Alexander. So here's the crux of the story. And it's not really written in this breakdown here. Uh, he said that his dad went to prison and the top dog in prison came up behind him and hit his dad. And his dad knew enough to stay down. And when he stayed down, he got the top dog's respect. And then he became part of the crew there. And he said that he went and did that to Josh Alexander you know, he was, he's the top dog. He attacked Josh, but Josh just refused to stay down. And now he's going to get what's coming to him. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, also, uh, I don't know that his dad was really in prison, but if, if he was, that's a cool I story. Even, I don't even care. The story was great. <laughs> yeah. have, if it's real, that's messed up. It's awesome. If it's not real, it's like even better to me that you concocted that story for me. So either way, yeah. cool. Um, everybody is better outside of WWE. Mm -hmm. Every, everybody, everybody's more interesting. Like I, I'm looking, I don't watch a whole lot of the old NXT, but I was like, yeah, Brad Sreedy's all right. Jonah's a thousand times cooler. Yes. Yeah. 1000. I love the fact that they got Jonah. I think this is a great pickup. It's a big pickup. The big pickup. Big pickup. Uh, X division champion, Trey Miguel defeated John Schuyler to retain the title. Um, this was, this was okay. I think my only problem with the match is that it just shouldn't have been a title match because the story that they're telling with Macklin is that he hasn't done anything to earn a title match. Well, John Schuyler has just been wrestling on Twitter for in five minute matches, losing to girls. He's been doing less than that. Yeah. Yes. There's um, this is the problem I have with impact sometimes is the lack of consistency in their storylines, right? Like why the answer to the question is like, cause he wanted Trey to have a match. So you just put him in a match and he is the X division champion. So of course it would be a match, but it, like at the same time, it like spits in the face of the story going on. So I, our narrative is messed up right now, man. Like I, I'll be honest with you. I think the booking is, an, is a mess, you know, it, top to it, bottom right now. They, they need an overhaul. And we're, we're going to talk about that in, a, in one of the matches later. And I have a, uh... I have a big problem with some of the booking that they've done later. So Trey McGill didn't even know this was a title match, by the way. Did you see that I from did. our, from our brace for impact chat? So I did. He, he told Skylar, like Skylar talked about uh, getting the title after, you know, 
talking crap on Twitter to, to Trey saying, I'm going to get your title. And Trey's like, this isn't even a title match. What are you talking about? And then Gerard, our buddy bear down himself. Um, you know, he, uh, he's the distribution deal. Gerard was, um, <laughs> Gerard, Gerard, big distribution deal. Uh, Ryan bear down. He, uh, <laughs> he, he showed a picture to Trey of the advertisement saying that yes, indeed it was a title match. And then Trey was like, Oh, whoops. So I thought that was pretty funny. This I can't even say LOL TNA because we're not TNA anymore, but this is like, how do you not keep, I don't know, man, this is what I'm <laughs> talking about this. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. And there's like a fourth hand floating around that is just freelancing. I, I don't know. Man. This is a nightmare. The match is fine. Like yeah, John Skyler's all right. You know? Yeah. John Skyler's a good little wrestler. Yeah. And, uh, and Trey, Trey Miguel is obviously an amazing wrestler. Yeah. Trey's um, great. Trey's so- great. Yeah. So Skyler worked over Miguel and got a couple of near falls and at one point countering into a release belly to belly in the corner where Miguel almost landed on his neck. Miguel came back with some cheeky Nando's and the Meteora for the win. Um, and, but after the match, this is where the real story comes into play. Steve Macklin attacked Miguel on the ramp, took the title and knocked Miguel out with it. Um, so, and then he ends up kidnapping him. He drags him away to the back uh, behind the, behind the screens there. And we're going to see a little bit uh, later of what the kidnapping looks like. So um, Macklin just remains one of my favorite characters on this TV show. Macklin's intense, man. Like, I mean, it, he's, he's fully committed and bought into everything he's doing. Like he doesn't play too many of the characters on this show are doing bad acting and bad community theater. A lot of the time. Whereas I feel like Macklin fully is invested and fully believes and fully is the character all the time. So I appreciate that. I appreciate commitment. Yeah. And because he believes that the audience believes it more. And I believe it too. Yeah. We're buying, we're buying into it a lot more. Speaking of bad community theater. Um, and not to say that this match was bad community theater, but the lead up to the match with Chris Bay and Laredo Kid was very much so bad community theater. Which uh, yes. last week, they uh, Chris Bay was asked to sign a poster for Turning Point by one of the stagehands. Then he got all mad at the guy because they didn't win the titles as Turning Point, and so they argued for a little bit. And Bay started bullying him, and then Laredo Kid came to the rescue and then yelled at him in Spanish. And that was it. And now they have a match. So I've been a stagehand. That'll get you fired from any job. If you bother the talent and ask them for autographs, it's the least professional thing someone who works behind the scenes can do, but whatever. (laughs) Well, I think, um, I think that it was one of those, like they had a handful of posters that they wanted the talent to sign to like sell them on eBay or donate them to charity or whatever. Yeah. But still like you just, (laughs) you don't do that, but whatever, I guess we needed a, I guess we needed the most inane reason for a match ever, which we got it. So yeah, match was, match was fun. Yeah, no, I dug the match. They did a lot of cool stuff in the match. Um, I, I think Hikaleo got got involved quite a bit, which uh, was probably a little bit unnecessary. But I know Bullet they're, Club. They're trying to get over the Bullet Club angle and trying to get over the tag team, even though they didn't win the tag team titles, which they probably should have. Um, so we'll go to the end here. Laredo Kid hit an Avalanche Mikinochu driver, which was awesome. Um, that was off the top rope for another near fall. Tried to follow with a Phoenix Splash, but Bay moved out of the way. They fought on top of the turnbuckles where Bay laid Kid on the ropes and hit a foot stomp for yet another two count. Finish finally saw Kid hit a DDT and a huge sent on to, to Hikaleo. Uh, when he tried to go for when he tried to go for Bay, got cut off. Kid managed to push up off Bay from the top rope, but Bay was ready with a cutter as Kid dro- dove onto Bay with a plancha. So there we go. Um, good good match, I would say. Um, would 
kind of rival the opening match of Raju and Alexander's best match of the night. I'm still going to go Alexander and Raju Me on too. that deal. Me I too. think, I think the, the interference kind of took it down a notch. Uh, well, the, multiple interferences took it down a little bit for me, but um, I, I did think that both guys were great. I mean, we knew as soon as it was signed, it was going to be a great match. I just didn't like the story leading into it. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, we get a recap of Deanna Perazzo showing up at final battle to challenge Roxy for the women's title. So we got to see footage of a ring of honor show on impact. That was kind of cool. Um, even though it seems like it's a little too little too late with a ring of honor, essentially maybe, maybe not going out of business. I don't honestly, I think the, the more time goes on, the less convinced I am ring of honor is going out of business. I really think the super indie thing is the way of the future, how long it lasts from there. I have no idea, but I truly yeah. believe they have all intentions of, um, I truly believe they have all intentions of keeping it going. Yeah. So well, well, uh, I liked it. I like seeing ring of honor footage on impact. Yeah. Right. That's cool. So cool. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it on Patreon, but I, yeah. you know, we'll save it for later, but Roxy definitely coming to impact. So that's kind of yeah. cool. Big pickup. Uh, Big pickup. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if she's signing, but you know, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, she's definitely going to at least have one match. Um, that's for sure. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, so after they showed the recap of the Ring of Honor show, they also uh, went to a a scene where Deanna Perazzo and um, and Matthew Raywalt were signing autographs, and then Mickey James shows up, and then Perazzo and James got into a big brawl, and then after that, they cut to uh, a scene where Scott Demore. Got his way back on TV. He wasn't on TV actually that much this week, but he, he got back on a TV, even though he introduced last week, he introduced Gail Kim as kind of the, the figurehead for the knockouts. He had to be in the room with Gail Kim when he scolded both women and reinstituted the no contact rule. Kim said that their match at hard to kill will now be a Texas death match. Cool. Um, Boy, Scott likes that being on TV, doesn't he? <laughs> he sure does. Yeah. He's like the new dreamer around here. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just like showing up and just being like, hi, I'm Scott Moore. I'm, I'm in charge. Yeah. Every segment. I know it was better this week. There's still a lot of them. He's that exactly Vince McMahon, 1998. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about uh Texas death match between um, Perrazzo and Mickey James? Kinda I'm good cool. with I'm good with it because um, I think we actually, I think this was set up better last month when Perazzo attacked her at the farm. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that would have been a nice uh, kickoff to get to the Texas death match, but it's fine. Like they, they, they have a, like a blood hatred feud. So yeah, cool. It's going to make sense. Match should be really good. So I'm all right. Please. No kendo sticks. No kendo sticks, uh, no cookie sheets and no yeah. trash cans. Um, yeah, we that- need to make it clear to, to them that if they introduce that, we're going to ask for refunds uh, from the pay-per-view. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It should be fine. Like, I don't know. It should be fine. It should be good. It should be really good. It should be entertaining. Perazzo mm-hmm. is really good. And I think that if we can get uh, if we can get her back with the belt and then do a triple threat, triple crown, excuse me, match with Jim with Roxy coming up, I think we're in, we're in a good spot. I think yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, I dig it, man. I dig it. They have the uh, the next person in line, so that's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, then we got Tennille Dashwood with uh, the influence, Caleb with a K and uh, Madison Rain defeated Jesse McKay with Cassie Lee. Um, you know, this match was what it was. It was, kind of, you know, it's not going to be your technical masterpiece. It was kind of more a comedy stuff, but they actually had some decent action in it. My problem with the match, and it's just my problem with Impact's booking um, over and over and over again, this is the third in as many weeks of matches where the where a title holder drops a pin to a challenger to set up a title match. We had it with Moose losing to Cardona, right? 
he he dropped a pin to Cardona, and next thing you know, we got the triple threat match on Hard to Kill, and then uh, Deanna Perrazzo pinned Mickey James in a tag team match. Now we got a a match at Hard to Kill, and then here you go, you got the influence. You got Tyndall Dashwood getting a pin over McKay, and sure enough, it hasn't been announced yet, but they're going to have the match at Hard to Kill. It's like that's the only way they know how to set up matches right now. They're and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing right now. The, the right hand of, is the right hand's watching WWE. Yeah, well, they're telling the same story over and mm-hmm. over again, just with mm-hmm. different people, interchangeable characters. Exactly what it is. Like, this is, you. one cannot be an alternative to WWE if you do the same stuff they do. This is what they do. The champion loses, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, it's one, it's boring. Two, it's predictable. And it's just, it's not good. Like, I just, I feel like, like I, having been to one of these tapings, they know when they bulk tape, they do tape things out of order, which I think is very hard to keep your story straight when you're doing it that way. And this is what happens is you repeat yourself all the time. And it happens so often in this promotion. And it, I don't know, it, it makes me enjoy the product less, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like you don't care. Why do I care? Yeah, I really I really feel that way with the booking. I feel like we don't care. We're just getting from point A to point B. And that's how you get 70,000 people watching a show. Yeah, and I feel like it's more noticeable since Thanksgiving. Really, because I thought Turning Point was a fantastic event. It was. Um, But since Turning Point, not that the TV shows have really been bad, but it's been a lot of paint by numbers type of stuff. There's been some good storytelling and good promos with, you know, Debbie Morrissey and Matt Cardona have had some good promos. Macklin's had some really great promos. Moose has had some good promos. But the how they're getting to these matches at the pay-per-view has been the same. And boring. Yeah, it's boring. And we're clearly heading to a four-way tag team match uh, for the oh. tag team titles. Like, we've done it a bunch of times already this year. Another mu- a multi-man match for a championship? Get out of here. Yeah, they just want to throw everybody into the match. Just get them all in there. Um, <laughs> it's like, the, I'm not I'm not this guy, but I'll make the crack. It's like, this is like participation trophies, right? Yes. Everybody everybody gets a title shot. And again, normally I don't care about those things, yeah. but I mean, you get a case, title shot. It's the yeah, Oprah. Everybody goes is. to Oprah and then they get a gift. It right? is. If you, it's like, if you sign that TN, that uh, impact contract, that's 18 because we watched TNA this weekend. It's like, okay, here's your welcome to the company. Your, t- your first title shot will be on this date. Your next title shot will be on this date. You just have to share them with six other people. Like, yeah. It's so hard to build, and I'll talk about this in the main event, but it's so hard to build interest in things when you're not generating that conflict. Yeah. Right? And conflict is between protagonist and antagonist. It's not between protagonist A, protagonist B, antagonist A, and antagonist C. Like, it's so hard to balance that, which is why you don't see it in any other form of storytelling. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it, man. Yeah. But uh, so Dashwood got a couple of near falls um, and then outside the ring, Rain, Lee and Caleb all got in a fight. But uh, after the distraction, of course, you got to distract the ref. Uh, mm-hmm. Caleb tripped McKay and set it up for Dashwood spotlight kick for the win. Um, and uh, of course, Garza like this match a lot. And look, the match actually wasn't that bad. I'm just kind of just mad at the booking of it. So I, the match was, I mean, I honestly, considering the participants match was fine. Yeah. You know, I actually find the inspiration to be, um, better here than in WWE. I don't know if it's just the work style or what, but I just, I find their work better. Yeah. I feel like they're not as scripted. They're not as, yeah. you know, they're, they're campy still, but I think that's just who they are. It is. It, they are campy. It is them, which is fine. Steer into what you are. Yeah. But I just, I think the way they're being presented in the ring is better. Like I just, I yeah. find, I don't know if there's, I don't know if it's like just if WWE is so, micromanaged to the point where like you you can only wrestle in this little specific zone there 
but I feel I feel they're better. It's not like they're you know they're not Kenta Kapashi, but they're you know fine. You know, yeah, they're not 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 everybody has to be super strong style, right? Right, so right, you, exactly. These these girls are models. They're they're actually a little bit better wrestlers. Than I think to get credit for which I, I think I've, I've noticed since they've been an impact. I yeah. w- was not a fan of their in ring stuff in WWE, but it seems like they were probably told to hold yeah. back on a lot of stuff, and they're not holding back now. So thank you for more eloquently putting what I seem to struggle saying myself. <laughs> yeah, I got your back, brother. Got your thank back. You. I was like, blah, 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 blah. I'm a writer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So now uh, we it is time for the hard to kill main event, which is a brutal contract signing between three guys. Um, so the contract signing is taking place in the ring and guess who you'll never guess who is in the ring to, to make the introductions here and to uh, be the presiding officer over this thing. Good old me and Gene Okerlund. Oh, that would make it much better, but no, Scott DeMore again, Scott DeMore's oh. back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, can't seem just to keep himself off TV. Um, w Morrissey came out first and then Cardona came out second along with Chelsea green. And then Moose came out. Uh, DeMore ran down the accolades of everybody. Uh, Morrissey. So I thought this was great. Morrissey took the mic and said that this is that this signing wouldn't be about mind games. He was there to become impact world champion signed the contract and left the ring. He continues to be probably the best character on this TV show. He's smarter than everybody. And he's always right. They're booking him as a tweener, but they're failing because yeah. he's the most competent guy. <laughs> he's the most competent guy in the whole show. Like, yeah. I'm going to sign this because, because again, this is a guy from the WWE. He's been around the block. He knows yeah. what happens at a contract signing. I'm going to sign my name. I'm going to go back to the back. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I'm supposed <laughs> to, I'm supposed to boo this man, right? I'm supposed yeah. to hate him. I, yeah. I can't do it. He continues to be the smartest guy in the company. Yeah. Uh, then Car- uh, Cardona took the mic and agreed with Morrissey. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been dealing with Moose playing mind games, but he was someone that kept coming back after being pushed back and he was ready for hard to kill. Cardona signed. And then Moose told Cardona that once again, he'll, uh, he will fail. Uh, he signed the contract and then told Green that after hard to kill, she's going to have to realize she's married to a mid Carter. Um, well, well, I, I think figure. She, I think she knows that. Yeah. I mean, she's a mid Carter herself. They actually have a lot in common that way. Yeah. <laughs> they live in the mid. They live in the mid card. Like yeah, <laughs> uh, Moose insulted Green in a brawl. Finally broke out. Moose took out Cardona, put him to a table, um, and then at one point Moose um, was about to hit Cardona. He wrapped a chair around his head and was about to brain him. And then Chelsea Green got in his way and he shoved her down, which um, nobody really got mad at except for today randomly. Like Bixen Span fell down about say, it. Bixen Span was mad. <laughs> Bixen Span's had it out for Moose forever. I. You know, I, and I don't want to go into Moose's past. I think we covered that on our first episode, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think everybody has all the facts there, but it seems like Vixen Span has just chosen what the story was. Like he has the story in his head already, and that's the bottom line truth. And he can't be told any different. So he has just chosen that this person cannot be on TV. And then now he can't push a girl down in uh, in storytelling. Well, Moose sicked a bunch of people on Vix, right? Yeah. Vix is usually the guy that does that. <laughs> so he was not appreciative of uh, of the Moose fans and, you know, people attacking him. So, you know, he, one can dish, one cannot take. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not um, saying, I'm not saying, you know, whatever happened with Moose is like fine. It should be, you know, water under the bridge, you know, the legal system is the legal system. Yeah. But you know, um, I don't know, man, every time Bixen Span has an issue with a guy, he does these kind of things. And it's sad because I like his podcast. I think between the sheets, it's a great historical podcast, but. And 
Uh, I don't want to say he's a good writer, but uh, he um, he did. He has done some great articles, I will say. A lot of times they're not great, but he has had some really good ones. And I think he had one on Pat Patterson that I thought was just a a brilliant piece of journalism. He's he's a hell of a researcher. I'll tell you that. Like, yeah, he does a really good job with that. Um, I don't know the man, so I can't sit there and tell you about him personally. But uh, if he don't like you, he's going to go out of his way to make to try to turn the Internet against you. And it doesn't always work out well for him. Yeah. If um, if you come across as unlikable, you're not really going to get a lot of people on your side. Shocking. Um, yeah. Shocking. So um, but anyway, he, sho- he shoved her down and then uh, Cardona ended up getting uh, getting some of uh, or Cardona tried to hit Moose with the chair. Moose got out of the way and then he hit Chelsea right in the head with a chair as the show went off the air. And I think that this was supposed to draw sympathy for Chelsea. But again, like we said last week, we just saw Chelsea in the ring with Jake something. You can just do that to women on this show. This is the world that they've created. So not only did it not get sympathy from me, although it did seem like a lot of people liked the angle and thought that it did. um, It got the opposite effect with me where I laughed my ass off seeing this. (laughs) I thought this was hilarious. I agree. I've got a lot of complicated thoughts in this whole thing. One, I think that Moose pointing out that Cardona is a mid carter doesn't help the fact doesn't help the feud right if you're saying this guy is just a mid carter then when you struggle to beat him you're struggling to beat a mid carter thank like, you you want to so, build like when we call him <clears throat> mid cardona it's a joke for a podcast they right. shouldn't be like when, I, when they first i'm like ah, oh, that's our gag all right and then i'm like no this is bad you're supposed to build up your opponent so when you win you did something mm-hmm. not the other way around like it's just it's strange and then like you said Chelsea Green just fought Jake something who's about the same size as Moose, maybe a little bit smaller. Like, why? What's the difference here? This company goes out of its way to do these intergender matches. Like, sure, he hit her with a chair, but I mean, like, this is what we do on this show. Yeah. Right? None of it makes sense. Like, and Car- okay, we made, we talked about Mor- Morrissey, right? How he's the most likable guy in this whole thing. He's not involved in anything. Right. He's like off to the side. Why is he in this match? Why isn't this just Cardona and Moose? And then we go on to Morrissey later. Yeah. Why can't Morrissey just loom in the shadows as the next guy? Like this is a three ways doing nothing for anybody. Nope. It's just making sure that nobody really gets over. Nobody has and, a chance and, to shine. And nobody is. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's three way for the sake of three way. Um, this company is addicted to them. We saw it last month, the turning point with the X division title match where they could have just very well had Laredo kid versus Trey Miguel in a one-on-one match. They would have tore the house down after the match. Macklin could have attacked Trey Miguel to set up the next match booking one-on-one. Right. Mm -hmm. But instead they had to have the three way to, to, to deny Macklin his title shot. And I think they're doing the same story here with this one because I get the feeling that Moose is going to pin Cardona, which is going to then piss off Morrissey to set up a match between Moose and Morrissey. So then the why same, can't we just do the Cardona thing? It doesn't make, right. it doesn't this, make it's sense. A, it's the same story that they just did in the X Division with Miguel, Laredo Kid, and Macklin, where Macklin um, feels like he, you know, he didn't actually lose the match. It was Laredo Kid that lost the pin, so now they're going to do the one-on-one match and hard to kill. It's the same story, just in different divisions. Divisions. This company just doesn't seem to grasp the fact that we notice this stuff. And if, and because, and the reason why we notice this stuff is because you're not paying attention and you're no. treating it like the audience just doesn't care when we actually do. We pay attention. No. 
I feel like this in this company, they do all their TV tapings in one bulk setting. So you have like a month, if not two months to really put stories together. It's really experience. And I understand that stuff changes on the fly, but that doesn't mean you have to repeat yourself. Like I've never seen a promotion in need of a, of a booking change since like world-class in like 87. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is a company that is, we're lost, man. We're lost in the woods. We really, really are. And if you don't believe me, Listen later, and we'll talk about those ratings. Yeah, speaking of later, if uh, you're not a Patreon subscriber, uh, go to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and hit us up there. We're going to continue on this conversation. Uh, we got a bunch of news items to talk about. We're going to talk about the ratings, which, as you could imagine, were not very good this week, which is why we're going to talk about them. Uh, talk about We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Roxy, probably talk about uh, Jimmy Rave a little bit, and uh, any other news headline that's going on uh, in the world of Impact Wrestling, man. So if uh, you're Patreon, stick around, and if you're not, we will talk to everybody on the free feed next week. Bye.